Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Chapter number 26, Genesis chapter number 26, we'll begin reading at verse number 15. We'll just read a few verses tonight, three or four verses, and uh, we'll come back to the rest of it in context. Genesis chapter number 26, for all the wells, which is... Father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father. The Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go from us, thou art much mightier than we. And Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. I want to read one more place before we pray. John chapter number 4. I'm going to read verse number 14 only. Jesus said, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Bow with us. Father, we thank you for your word. We humbly submit ourselves for the purpose, God, of declaring it. We pray for your help as we confess our weakness, our smallness. We pray that you would use us for your glory and honor. We realize, God, that it's only your word that can rescue us. Only your word can truly save us from ourselves. We pray for that help, for that direction tonight, for that reminding, for that clear instruction to our hearts. Convict us, change us, and all of this may Christ receive the glory. For I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share tonight a thought concerning our well, our well. Uh, We could ask a question tonight, is is there dirt in your well? It's something that Isaac had to deal with. And as he had gone down into Gerar and would have gone farther, God warned him not to go down into Egypt. But the Bible said God had told Isaac to go down and to sojourn. Now that means to, to, to visit, but not to stay. Yet we find, I believe it's in verse 5 or 6, that Isaac didn't obey God in this. He stayed there. And I'm glad today that there's mercies even for my ignorance sometimes. <laughs> I'm glad when I should have done one thing and did another that God is patient and and certainly long-suffering toward me. But the truth is, is there are consequences to bad choices. 
And Isaac found this all out uh, all too well. And I want us to think tonight about the well. I read from John chapter number four concerning Jesus' conversation with the woman there at the well. And what he told her was, is that the water that I give you shall be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. I believe using that as our platform tonight, we can come back now into Genesis chapter number 26, and we can discuss how important it is that our well be clean. Our well be clean. In those days, and uh, I realize you cats are are all settled in with city water probably. Uh, You expect your water to come from some big tower somewhere, chlorinated, fluorinated, and all that other stuff nated. And when you drink it, you know, I've tried that stuff. I don't like it. Um, I like that good well water, that water that comes up out of the ground. I had the privilege when I bought our little place out there to dig a well. And they came in with that big equipment, and they went down, and uh, they they hit water pretty quick up there on that hill. And they said, no, we believe it'd be better for you, son, if we'd just go on deeper. And they did, and they went on down deeper. And uh, we pulled that well. It finally went out after 20-something years of pumping good water out of there. We pulled that well pump a while back and put a new one in. And I was just reminded how grateful I am that I got water. I've got water. I got good water, amen. When I drink it, sometimes I think, boy, that's good. Amen, you can just drink it out of a hose, and it's just dandy, amen. Now, I think to myself, there's a lot of people in this world, and they never had well water. They never had water that comes right out of the ground. They never had something that was pure and clean and cold when it comes up out of the ground. And I think to myself, we're oftentimes, uh, our minds are, are clouded by thinking that everybody else is like us. But truth is, there's a lot of people in this world, they've never really been to a good well. They've never really had a drink out of the good well. They've never really had water from the good source. And I want you to know that uh, spiritually speaking, I believe I'm in a a good place for a well tonight. I believe that a well by nature, if we wanted to define one, is a place. It's a place where you'll find restoration. It's a place where you'll find renewal. It's a place where you'll find revival. A well today is a place where the sustaining waters of life are able to come forth. In those days, they would build communities around a single well. Uh, Everybody depended on the water. Everybody came to that well throughout the day, and they would draw their water from it. It was a shared resource. It was an asset that they recognized that was of the greatest value. You can't have a city. You can't have a community. You can't have a place uh, in this world without there be water to support those people. I'm grateful today, today, or tonight, that that the Lord Jesus has made you and I a good well. I believe the church tonight is a place for the people of God to come into. It's a place that was built for you and I. It's a place that's covered and protected. It's a place that's cared for and observed. And I believe the people of God have a privilege, amen, to come into the house of God and experience the good water that comes 
from the Lord Jesus Christ. May I say today that absent of a church, a community is bereft of the true living. If absent of the church tonight, amen, there's not life-giving water that a, church, that a community needs. Everybody in that day understood the importance of a well. They understood the power of the well. They understood the life that was in the well. And brother, you and I need to recognize that this is our well. This place is our well. There's a responsibility as a community member. Now I'm referring to the assembly here. There's a responsibility that I have to do my very best to keep this well clean. But I want you to know that I'm only one part of that. That everybody that participates or or is a part of observing and receiving from this well has a part to play here. I believe that each one of us represent a well individually, not just communally, but individually. Each one of us have to do something in our own heart, amen, that keeps us right with God. We have to allow and look into our own, allow the mirror of the word of God to pierce down into our soul and examine our own heart because what really makes this well, uh, you see, fertile and powerful and life-giving is the fact that it's your well that when you come into the house of God, it's clean, it's been preserved, it's been protected, it's been uh, utilized for the glory of God. And when we all come into this place, there is a well of life springing water for our community what a precious place that a well is throughout the bible you'll find over and over how that abraham and also we read here about isaac you'll find that even jacob had a well you can read there that as jesus sat on jacob's well in samaria that day when the woman came to and and he spoke with her That was a well that had been dug for the good of the people. Uh, In the spirit of this morning's message, I want to say that we have a responsibility as the men and women of faith, amen, to keep our well clean. Amen, to take a look at the well. You know how to really find out whether your well is doing all right or whether it's producing the water it should. I believe we ought to drink some of it. Amen. Your experience, as the Bible said, and taste and see that the Lord is good. We ought to recognize our responsibility to take our water and examine it and make sure that there's no impediments in it. Anything that would detract to our health or the, or the welfare of someone else. We might look deeply into the well and make certain that it is pure and it's, it's available to others if they need it. We're a well for God, a well of springing water from the life source itself. This is a well. This place is a well. It's a well It becomes that well when all of the individual people come in. And with our own wells clean and flowing, it comes to bring such a powerful force that it should be something that others from our community come in to experience. Now, I've tried to kind of build a picture. I probably failed, but I want you to think of how important it was to those people to have a well to have a place where they can come to. I mentioned it this morning. I want to mention it again before I get into the heart of the message. But I want to say that I have a responsibility concerning this place. And uh, it's important I do my part. Uh, But it's also important you do your part. 
It's everybody's experience this well is. This ain't my church, and it ain't your church. It's our church. This is a place that we all have agreed to. We have a covenant. We have made a covenant one to another to to care for one another and to keep this place up. And and I'm grateful to live even in this community. I know that not everybody lives too close to here, but a lot of us do. We live near this place. And I can't ever remember a time in my entire life of driving up Six Mile Road and not seeing this building right here. And it's a constant reminder to our community that there is life in this community. There is a place of healing. There is a place where the waters of life are given. There is a place that is, is, is powerful and life-giving to the, those who need refreshment. They need renewal. They need restoration or revival. The well is where you find all of that. In those days, there was... There was the watering of the animals. There was the watering of the people, both of them important. The water itself was the life-giving force. Without it, they couldn't do anything else. When they didn't have any water, they had to literally move their entire communities somewhere else because there was no water. I want to say to you today that I believe God still wants this well to be in this community. I believe it needs to be clean and it needs to be pure water that goes out to the community that we live in. Sister made the comment this morning in her testimony, and I appreciate it. We don't need to follow what somebody else is saying or doing. There ain't any reason to follow along with the things of this world or what's being said. What we need to do is to keep our eyes on this well Amen. There's enough problems in other wells. There's enough problems in other places. Everybody's got issues. But I can tell you, we have a responsibility as the believers of the born again of this particular place. We have a responsibility to keep this well clean and pure. Now, I can't do your part and you can't do mine. But if we'll do it together, brother, we can see, I believe, a place presented to this community that refreshment is made and renewal and restoration and all of these things. I could take testimonies tonight, no question about it, and probably everybody in here would say I'm grateful for our church. I'm thankful for this place where I can come and experience the relief and the refreshment that comes from just being around God's people. There is truly a a life-giving force within the assembly of God's church, and we ought to take serious what that means. As we look back now at Genesis chapter 26, Isaac had, had neglected the well. He'd gone down into a place where he was told not to go, or at least he stayed way longer than he should have stayed. And when we neglect our part, you'll find that the enemy has plenty of opportunity to fill in your well. May I say tonight that I hope none of us are fool enough to think that the devil don't have a target on this well. That it ain't his greatest desire and would please him the most to fill this one in. To close the doors, to eliminate the the life-giving force that is available to to the needy and the thirsty of this world. It's the devil's greatest desire, I believe, to close down the wells of this world. 
those places where God is delivered and preached and served and, and honored, a place where the word of God is to meet and the water of the Holy Spirit is given to each and every uh, comer unto and those that assemble to the well for the water of life, they're everywhere across this world and the devil is still trying to close them down, still trying to fill them in. Some today have already been filled in. People are still coming in in those churches and going out, but they find no life in it. The devil's already filled in the well. It'd be like going to the spigot and turning it on, just standing there with your bucket and then turn it off when nothing has come out and go try to do something with it. Without the Spirit of God and the Word of God, there's no power to God. (laughs) But the well of water is still powerful today. Isaac had neglected his wells. These were gifts that were passed down to him from Abram, his father. These were things that God had promised unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The promise was given to Abraham in form of a covenant. God said he would give him two things. He would give him a land and he would give him a people. Both of them miracles by their own rights. But at this point, Isaac had walked that land. Isaac had seen that land. Isaac had experienced that land. And Abram, Abraham was able to dig wells all over it. These were Isaac's wells. They were things that he had been given to take care of. And yet when the famine came in his own house, instead of sticking with it, he ran off to somewhere else. He ran off to find some waters in another place. He ran off to drink from some cisterns that weren't his. He ran off from his responsibility. And what that did was opened up the uh, the opportunity for the enemy to come in and to fill in his wells. Oh, what a dangerous thing. What a dangerous thing when we begin to depart the house of God, when our attendance becomes sporadic, when we begin to neglect the responsibility of keeping the well, when we personally are not upholding our part of this covenanted agreement, we'll find ourselves struggling, amen, to keep it keep it cleaned out because I can tell you right now, whether you believe it or not, every time that you lay down on God, you open up your well to the devil. You give him an opportunity to back in there and to shovel in as much dirt as he can before he's exposed and run off. May I say to you today, when you neglect the well, the enemy will fill it up. It's important, by the way, that we examine our water every day. Some people go week after week and never take a look, never take a drink, never take a part of what it is that is so precious and vital to our lives. Some excuse themselves for all kinds of reasons, but may I say to you today, you better make sure that you're tending the well. You better make sure that what that there's no neglect a part of this precious life-giving source and force. We need to allow ourselves to be put in a place where our wells are always productive. Isaac had neglected his wells. Now, he neglected them because he had disobeyed God. When you find yourself in disobedience, you'll find yourself away from the place where you can protect and preserve those things that are most important. Instead of going down there and sojourning for just a little while, while the famine had gone through, Isaac, the Bible said, dwelt there. And he grew and his herds grew and his servants grew and his and all of these things. God even blessed him wherever he was at, but he wasn't supposed to stay there. 
And when the king of Gerar came back to him and he said, look, you've got bigger than we are. You need to move on. You need to go somewhere else. We can't support you and all your people here. The Bible said Isaac started heading back to his father's homeland, to the place that he had left, to the places he should have been tending. And the scripture said that every well that he got to, he knew where they were. Amen. When I say today that those that are a part of this church, they know where the well is. We don't have to remind them where the Father's well is. That We don't have to tell them where they need to go. If they've ever been born again, they know where this place is. They know the power that's in it. And oh, how I pray that they'll just lay down their, their, their obsession with the rest of this world and they'll go back home. You say, preacher, I can't go back home. I, my wells have been filled in. There's nothing there for me. May I say to you today that the problem with that thinking is the fact that a well, just because it has something in it don't mean it's ruined aren't you glad that God works with the wells that have been filled in I don't know how many times in my life I've had to do the hard thing and that's to dig it back out that's where we lose people today it's hard to dig it back out It's hard when we recognize that we've missed the mark and that it's my fault. Had I been there, had I been been doing what I'm supposed to be doing, had I been praying, had I been close to God and close to the assembly, I might have been able to keep the devil out of my house and out of my well, out of my water, and yet we find ourselves having neglected God, disobeyed God, and then we come back to the place we need to experience God and find out that there's dirt in our well. As we prepare for this revival, I'm going to ask you, is there any dirt in your well? What's in your well that would prohibit it to be something someone else could drink from? What about your life tonight has has violated those pure mandates of God's holy law? What about our lives, friend, would indicate that we've neglected to keep our well clean and available for others to be refreshed by it? We think of this being someone else's responsibility. If he lets me live next Sunday, I've got a message to preach about that. But I want, to, I want us to recognize that it's going to take us all to see this good work done. Now, I can't do it. And I realize a lot of people will depend on the preachers to bring a revival. Let me be clear. The preachers have nothing to do with bringing a revival. They're simply obedient servants and a part of the process. What we need to see an effective revival is to see wells that have been cleaned and made available for the drinking of the thirsty that are all around us. (laughs) Amen. You know what people need when their wells have been filled in? They need a drink from somebody else's. They need a hand. They need support. They need love. They need somebody that can say, here, I'd like to give you some of mine. I know it's not going to sustain you long, but I want you to know that Jesus loves you. You can take some of this, brother, and keep on digging in your own well. Isaac was neglectful and disobedient, and we know the consequences of being disobedient to the word of God. How many times have we heard the call of God to come and repent and we didn't do it? We didn't obey the spirit of God. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to say, you got a little dirt in your well. He's trying to point it out and say, you need to do some business right now before this gets bad. Because you know, if you leave it long enough, guess what? When other people look to you, they won't find a source that's pure and available. 
They won't find what they're looking for, what their soul longs for. Listen, what people want the most is Christ. And if we can live in a way that exhibits, that shares, that makes an example of Christ, that magnifies his holy name, that he is exalted in a way they become thirsty for this good well. It had been filled in. Isaac got to the first one and it was filled in. Got to the next one and it was filled in. What he found out that while he was down there in a place he shouldn't have been, that his enemies had come in and they had filled them all in. So what the Bible said was is that Isaac simply did what he had to do. He digged the well again. Now, when it comes to getting the dirt out of your well, let me tell you how simple it is. You just got to get it out. You just got to get it out. The Bible said that Isaac and his men, they went back in there and they attacked that first well and they, they dug it out. They dug it out. Now, it wasn't without opposition. And may I say to you today, the devil don't want you minding your well. He don't want you worrying about the water coming from your house. He doesn't want you to mind the things that may be in your well. He'd just as soon you continue to neglect your own well. But Isaac began to do the hard part. He began to dig it back out. All the hard part seems to be when we have to go get right with God. I don't know why that's such an uncomfortable thing, but I've been there many a time when I'd sit on the bench in my heart beating out of my chest and the Holy Spirit saying, you need to get right with God now. Oh, I'm so glad for those times. And you know what he's compelling me to do? He's not saying it won't take some work, but he's saying if you will work, I'll help you with it. If you'll give the effort, if you'll make the effort and start trying to clean that well out, brother, it don't take the Holy Spirit but just a couple of seconds. When you make up your mind that I'm going to clean this well, I'm going to get this thing back to where it was before, Amen. You, you think it's the hardest mountain you've ever climbed, but the minute you get on your knees, the Holy Spirit jumps in there. Amen. It's, it's like going from a six-inch shovel to a 12-foot backhoe, right? You, you, you see the dirt go to flying when the Holy Ghost goes to moving in your behalf. Ain't that what he does? The Bible said that we, we would confess our sin, that he was faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And, brother, it take, don't take the Holy Spirit long to dig a well. Praise God. When I got saved, it didn't, I had a well. Then he dug a well, and it was a good one. I've been drinking out of that well most all my life. But all we put, it, we put it aside. We say, well, I'll do it next week. Let me ask you a question. How many people this week needed to drink from your well? But it didn't have no water to give. Didn't have no refreshment, didn't have no revival, no renewal, no restoration to it. We've allowed the devil to fill it in and we've sit back. And we've just watched somebody else. We'll get a little drink here and a little drink there from somebody else as well and think somehow that's okay. Let me tell you something. I enjoy other people experiencing the Holy Spirit. And, and there ain't no doubt about it. When, when somebody else gets in the spirit, why well, it blesses me. I can't help it. But I want you to know you can have your own well. You don't have to, you don't have to be mooching off somebody else's plate for nourishment. 
When it comes to the people of God, we get our own water. We've got our own life source that springs up as a well of everlasting life that Jesus himself gave. How's your well doing tonight? Is there dirt in it? This is important because what weighs in the balances are the souls of people who have never had a drink. What they need is something from Lenny Mason that's clean and pure and good. And when they get it, they say, that's different. Hey, man, that ain't none of that city water. That's something right there that come out of the, something deep and pure. May I say today, that's where the church needs to be. Every one of us, it's our responsibility, our personal responsibility to make sure that our own wells are clean and free of the debris of this world. Isaac did the hard part. He digged a well. Now, you can continue to try to live off of somebody else's blessings, but I'll suggest to you today that that's just a slow means of starvation because ultimately what you have got to do is to clean out your own well. Every one of us have got to look in our own hearts. We've got to be honest enough with God and say, Lord, would you examine this for me? Put it in the light of his word and let's see if what's coming from our heart lines up with this book. Let's see if it lines up with the spirit of God, if there is a a bearing witness between us and him. Let's examine ourselves and say, God, I need your help to clean this well and to make it right. Is it important? A well is the center of life to every living thing. With people out there today that are the only thing that's going to raise them from the deadness of their their spiritual condition is the life-giving waters that come from God. And those are in you. You have that. You say, preacher, I'm I'm not anybody important. May I say to you today, if you've been born again, your water is just as good as mine. Amen. You, what you've got is the same thing I've got. I don't have anything to offer anybody but Jesus. <laughs> Amen. It's so important tonight that we get our wells clean. Isaac had to do the hard part. He had to make up his mind. I'm going to clean out the wells. He had to make up his mind that I've been gone too long. He had, to, he had to admit to himself that I have neglected and been disobedient to those things that I have been entrusted with. And he had to do the hard thing. He had to dig his well out again. Oh, I'm glad today that there's help in digging. There's help in digging. And God can fix what's been wrong in your life. You might think, preacher, I've been gone too long. I've done too much. I'm too far away. May I say to you today, all it takes is just a second for the Holy Spirit and he'll have water flowing. You won't be able to contain it. I remember when they struck that deep vein of water. there There was waters just started coming up. That old guy knew what he was doing when he was digging that well. He, he told my wife, he said, now, now we found the right spot. He said, this one will probably serve you a long time. And I thought to myself, there are things that we substitute for convenience. 
Let me share this and I'll be done. Now don't take offense to this because I don't mean any. But to those of you poor folks on city water, it sure is convenient. Because even when the power's out, you still got water. I wouldn't trade 363 days that I have water for those two days that I might be without it. If it means I got to give up the quality of water I have. We live in a time where people want the convenience of Christianity, but they don't want the real thing. They don't, they don't want their TVs ever to go off. They don't want their wells to ever go dry or the water to ever cease. Right? There's things that you can do to make sure you still got water when the power goes off. But may I say to you, you don't have to acquiesce. You don't have to give in to the world and, be, and just be satisfied with second best. I think surely we all agree that it ain't very tasty water. Or maybe it's just me. But I don't like it. Well, you can drink out of my tap. I do all the time. I just spill it right up out of the sink and drink it. Ain't God good? Ain't God good? I'm trying to be spiritual here. God is so good. You say, what are you talking about? I've had a good drink of water riding down the road. And suddenly he was there. Amen. The only way you're going to experience the life-giving power in this world, in this water that Christ gives, is to get you well clean. Don't settle for second best. Don't settle for the doctored-up stuff of this world. Let God be the source of your water, and it's good. It's better. Don't settle for no reason for anything but a clean well. Is there dirt in you well? As we come into revival, it's going to be important that we all have examined our own wells. Collectively, as we with clean wells, each one of us come into this place, we create a a life-giving place for those to come into who have never had a drink. Come get a song. The, The woman at the well had a question for Jesus Jesus told her, he said, if uh, you'd have just asked me, he said, I'd have give you water that when you drank it, you'd have never thirsted again. And she, would have, she, said, she said, this well is deep, sir. You know what she knew about the well? It was a good one. She said, this well is deep, and you don't have nothing to draw with. Oh, she didn't know how good he could draw. She didn't know she had already been drawn. She didn't know that it wasn't the water in Jacob's well, but in Jesus' well that was fixing to set her free. This woman would get a drink of that water that day, and she'd run back into the city slinging it everywhere. 
ran back into the city, water gushing all over the place and said, come see a man. They told me all I ever did. She said, is this not the Christ? You see the water going out. She had just got a drink. She had just got her own well. I wonder tonight, have we dirt in our wells? As we prepare our hearts for something, I believe, that's greater than us, something that will cost us, something that when we invest in it, we can't give up on it. It's going to take us getting the dirt out of our well. If we confess our sin, he's able to forgive us of that. He's able to purge us of of everything that keeps us from being what we need to be for Christ. There's a battle going on. There's a fight. There's a stronghold that is holding some of our people that only God can tear down. And we're not going to see the victory if we're only half in this. If we've not done the work and cleaned out our own wells, we're going to miss this opportunity. The challenge tonight, Michael. Old Testament, but Ruth, there was this leader, and his well was dirty. It was. He went to another foreign land. He wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. What about you tonight? I believe the call for us as we we get ready for this is is to make sure that we have we have got it right in our own heart. I, I can't do it for you, and you can't do it for me. But it seems the call from Christ is urgent for us each to examine ourselves and to see where we stand right now. Where, where I stand. I can't stand for you, but I can let him examine my own well. And if there's any dirt in it, we need to get them cleaned up. Would you stand with us as we sing tonight?